Chapter Four B of Memoirs of Napoleon, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Memoirs of Napoleon, Volume One, by Louis de Bourrienne. Chapter Four B. I was obliged to remain at Sens, soliciting my erasure from the emigrant list, which I did not obtain, however, till one thousand seven hundred and ninety-seven, and to put an end to a charge made against me of having fabricated a certificate of residence. Meanwhile, I applied myself to study and preferred repose to the agitation of camps for these reasons i did not then accept his friendly invitation notwithstanding that i was very desirous of seeing my young college friend in the midst of his astonishing triumphs ten months after i received another letter from marmont in the following terms headquarters gorizia second germinal year five second march one thousand seven hundred and ninety seven the general-in-chief my dear bourrien has ordered me to express to you his wish for your prompt arrival here we have all along anxiously desired to see you and look forward with great pleasure to the moment when we shall meet i join with the general my dear bourrien in urging you to join the army without loss of time you will increase a united family happy to receive you into its bosom i enclose an order written by the general which will serve you as a passport take the post route and arrive as soon as you can we are on the point of penetrating into germany the language is changing already and in four days we shall hear no more italia prince charles has been well beaten and we are pursuing him if this campaign be fortunate we may sign a peace which is so necessary for europe in vienna adieu my dear bourrien reckon for something the zeal of one who is much attached to you signed marmot bonaparte general-in-chief of the army of italy headquarters gorizia second germinal year five the citizen bourrien is to come to me on receipt of the present order signed bonaparte the odious manner in which i was then harassed i know not why on the part of the government respecting my certificate of residence rendered my stay in france not very agreeable i was even threatened with being put on my trial for having produced a certificate of residence which was alleged to be signed by nine false witnesses this time therefore i resolved without hesitation to set out for the army general bonaparte's order which i registered at the municipality of Sens, answered for a passport which otherwise would probably have been refused me i have always felt a strong sense of gratitude for his conduct towards me on this occasion notwithstanding the haste i made to leave Sens, the necessary formalities and precautions detained me some days and at the moment i was about to depart i received the following letter headquarters Judenburg, nineteenth germinal 
year five eighth april one thousand seven hundred and ninety seven the general-in-chief again orders me my dear bourrien to urge you to come to him quickly we are in the midst of success and triumphs the german campaign begins even more brilliantly than did the italian you may judge therefore what a promise holds out to us come my dear bourrien immediately yield to your solicitations share our pains and pleasures and you will add to your enjoyments i have directed the courier to pass through since that he may deliver this letter to you and bring me back your answer signed marmot to the above letter this order was subjoined the citizen fauvel de bourrien is ordered to leave since and repair immediately by post to the headquarters of the army of italy signed bonaparte i arrived at the venetian territory at the moment when the insurrection against the french was on the point of breaking out thousands of peasants were instigated to rise under the pretext of appeasing the troubles of bergamo and brescia i passed through verona on the sixteenth of april the eve of the signature of the preliminaries of leoben and of the revolt of verona easter sunday was the day which ministers of jesus christ selected for preaching that it was lawful and even meritorious to kill jacobins death to frenchmen death to jacobins as they called all the french were their rallying cries at the time i had not the slightest idea of this state of things for i had left sense only on the eleventh of april after stopping two hours at verona i proceeded on my journey without being aware of the massacre which threatened the city when about a league from the town i was however stopped by a party of insurgents on their way hither consisting as i estimated of about two thousand men they only desired me to cry el viva santa marco an order with which i speedily complied and passed on what would have become of me had i been in verona on the monday on that day the bells were rung while the french were butchered in the hospitals every one met in the streets was put to death the priests headed the assassins and more than four hundred frenchmen were thus sacrificed the fort held out against the venetians though they attacked them with fury but repossession of the town was not obtained until after ten days on the very day of the insurrection of verona some frenchmen were assassinated between that city and the vicenza through which i passed on the day before without danger and scarcely had i passed through padua when i learned that the others had been massacred there thus the assassinations travelled as rapidly as the post i shall say a few words respecting the revolt of the venetian states which in the consequence of the difference of political opinions has been viewed in very contradictory lights the last days of venice were approaching and a storm had been brewing for more than a year about the beginning of april one thousand seven hundred and ninety seven the threatening symptoms of general insurrection appeared the quarrel commenced when the austrians entered Pescheria, and some pretext was also afforded by the reception given to the monsieur afterwards louis eighteen it was certain that venice had made military preparations during the siege of mantua in one thousand seven hundred and ninety six 
the interests of the aristocracy outweighed the political considerations in our favour on the seventh of june one thousand seven hundred and ninety six general bonaparte wrote thus to the executive directory the senate of venice lately sent two judges of their council here to ascertain definitively how things stand i repeated my complaints i spoke to them about the reception given to monsieur should it be your plan to extract five or six million from venice i have expressly prepared this sort of rupture for you if your intentions be more decided i think this ground of quarrel ought to be kept up let me know what you mean to do and wait till the favourable moment which i shall seize according to the circumstances for we must not have to do with all the world at once the directory answered that the moment was not favourable that it was first necessary to take mantua and give wimser a sound beating however towards the end of the year one thousand seven hundred ninety six the directory began to give more credit to the sincerity of the professions of the neutrality made on the part of venice it was resolved therefore to be content with obtaining money and supplies for the army and to refrain from violating the neutrality the directory had not then in reserve like bonaparte the idea of making the dismemberment of venice serve as a compensation for such of the austrian possessions as the french republic might retain in one thousand seven hundred and ninety seven the expected favourable moment had arrived the knell of venice was rung and bonaparte thus wrote to the directory on the thirtieth of april i am convinced that the only course to be now taken is to destroy this ferocious and sanguinary government on the third of may writing from palmanua he says i see nothing that can be done but to obliterate the venetian name from the face of the globe towards the end of march one thousand seven hundred and ninety seven the government of venice was in a desperate state ottolini the podesta of bergamo an instrument of tyranny in the hands of the state inquisitors then harassed the people of bergamo and Bericia, who after reduction of mantua wished to separate from venice he drew up to be sent up to the senate a long report respecting the plans of separation founded on information given him by a roman advocate named marcellin serpini who pretended to have gleaned the facts he communicated in conversation with officers of the french army the plan of the patriotic party was to unite the venetian territories on the mainland with lombardy and to form of the whole one republic the conduct of ottolini exasperated the party inimical to venice and augmented the prevailing discontent having disguised his valet as a peasant he sent him off to venice with the report he had drawn up on serpini's communications and other information but this report never reached the inquisitors the valet was arrested his dispatches taken and ottolini fled from bergamo this gave a beginning to the general rising of the venetian states in fact the force of circumstances alone brought on the insurrection of those territories against their old insular government general lahos who commanded the lombard legion was the active protector of the revolution which certainly had its origin more in the progress of the prevailing principles of liberty 
than in the crooked policy of the state of venice bonaparte indeed in his dispatches to the directory stated that the senate had instigated the insurrection but that was not quite correct and he could not wholly believe his own assertion pending the vacillation of the venetian senate vienna was exciting the population of its states on the mainland to rise against the french the venetian government had always exhibited an extreme aversion to the french revolution which had been violently condemned at venice hatred of the french had been constantly excited and encouraged and religious fanaticism had inflamed many persons of the consequence in the country from the end of one thousand seven hundred ninety six the venetian senate secretly continued its armaments and the whole conduct of that government announced intentions which have been called perfidious but the only subject of which was to defeat intentions still more perfidious the senate was irreconcilable enemy of the french republic excitement was carried to such a point that in many places the people complained that they were not permitted to arm against the french the austrian generals industriously circulated the most sinister reports respecting the armies of Sambre, Emuse, and the rhine and the position of the french troops in tyrol these impostures printed in bulletins were well calculated to instigate the italians and especially the venetians to rise in mass to exterminate the french when the victorious army should penetrate into the hereditary states the pursuit of the archduke charles into the heart of austria encouraged the hopes which the venetian senate had conceived that it would be easy to annihilate the feeble remnant of the french army as the troops were scattered through the states of venice on the mainland wherever the senate had the ascendancy insurrection was secretly fomented wherever the influence of the patriots prevailed ardent efforts were made to unite the venetian terra firma to the lombard republic bonaparte skilfully took advantage of the disturbances and the massacres consequent on them to adopt towards the senate the tone of an offended conqueror he published a declaration that the venetian government was the most treacherous imaginable the weakness and cruel hypocrisy of the senate facilitated the plan he had conceived of making peace for france at the expense of the venetian republic on returning from leoben a conqueror and pacificator he without ceremony took possession of venice chained the established government and master of all the venetian territory found himself in negotiations of campo formio able to dispose of it as he pleased as a compensation for the sessions which had been exacted from austria after the nineteenth of may he wrote to the directory that one of the subjects of his treaty with venice was to avoid bringing upon us the odium of violating the preliminaries relative to the venetian territory and at the same time to afford pretexts and to facilitate their execution at campo formio the fate of this republic was decided it disappeared from the number of states without effort or noise the silence of its fall astonished imaginations warmed by historical recollections from the brilliant pages of its maritime glory its power however which had been silently undermined 
existed no longer except in the prestige of those recollections what resistance could it have opposed to the man destined to change the face of all europe end of chapter four b end of memoirs of napoleon volume one by louis de bourrien read by lambda